Now here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio. What are parallel realities mean to you? To me, it means that we are multidimensional beings living in a multiverse. And so we have multiple expressions of ourselves that exist and are experiencing in many different planes of realities we might call dimensions. I believe also that, you know, there's timelines that coexist. There's an eternal now moment where everything's happening all at once in one eternal now. (laughs) Everything unfolding, all of these planes of reality that are simultaneously unfolding all at once. And do you accept the theory of multiverses too? Absolutely, and it's well supported by quantum physics and theoretical physics. It really does. It's it's remarkable, it's amazing, and it's at the same time it's puzzling, isn't it? It is hard for our linear minds uh, to wrap around some of these ideas, but through consciousness expansion and connection into these interdimensional realities, which can be achieved through meditation, uh, we can witness for ourselves these other dimensional realms. What these other realms, what is driving and pushing us to find out if they exist? Is it technology? I mean, how are we going to get these answers? Preferably, naturally, through meditative practice, different sound vibrations, dedicating ourselves to a spiritual path, uh, enhancing our psychic awareness, and developing those innate gifts and abilities which allow us to expand our minds and connect into greater consciousness. We're clearly a product of higher consciousness flowing down into our being as our consciousness extends from our human form to its source in a much higher realm and ultimately from a divine source. And so as such, we can connect into those higher realms and communicate with higher cosmic intelligence and even the divine source. Suzanne, is it accurate to say that you're not a fan of artificial intelligence? I have a concern about artificial intelligence. Let's put it that way. (laughs) With the prevalence of facial recognition and mass surveillance and We all know that uh, biochip implants are likely inevitable, Yep. um, as well as this idea of a digital dystopia, if you will, uh, versus a spiritual utopia, and trying to find some type of middle ground where we can be very discerning about the extent to which we utilize artificial intelligence. Will artificial intelligence push us to the mark of the beast? It already is, right? So you have this opportunity to have your COVID passport uh, imprinted into your biochip and also your biochip connected into your digital currency, right, and you have a QR code that allows you to enter or not enter a 
a facility and with your COVID passport or not and your ability to pay or not with your biochip, I mean, it's all heading in that direction. And I really believe that, you know, COVID has opened the door for that which was already on a speeding train to put that train into hyperdrive as if these, you know, technologies now must be enforced for the health and well-being of humanity. Can we pull out of this, or is it too late? I think that we can be very discerning as individuals and try to uh, restore our personal liberties and civil liberties and maintain some type of free will choice. I guess that's one of my major concerns about being implanted with some kind of nanotechnology is this possibility that we will then be programmed and Mm -hmm. controlled and tracked and traced. And, you know, where is our personal privacy and sovereignty and free will? We could be like the Manchurian candidate, Suzanne, where they feed us information through these chips. And now with Neuralink, which they want to implant in your brain, who knows what they're going to be able to do with that if it's put in the hands of the wrong people. Right. Uh, that Neuralink that uh, Elon Musk yep. is proposing under the guise of being a medical device just so that it can be... Um, and I think, I, and I, regulatory th- commission, yeah, right? And I think he's probably very well intentioned. I think he wants to help people with brain de- deficiencies and in the issues like that. But what happens if it gets hacked by somebody? Right, and they've even shown how any kind of biochip implant, including one in your brain, can be hacked by a computer virus. <laughs> right? And so whether Elon Musk is well-intentioned or not, this idea of having this uh, neural link, and he's talking about this neural lace, <laughs> right, which is a digital layer over your brain. And so now, you know, your brain has a, is tapped into the digital network, You know, it's just that that to me turns us into a robot. You know, now it's connected into the Internet. Now we can be programmed. We've all become cyborgs, haven't we? I mean, in in an interview, he clearly said that we are already cyborgs because we have this online presence, right, and this virtual beingness already online through social media, through our Internet connections. I mean, and that points to Zuckerberg's metaverse, right? (laughs) Creating this whole virtual reality online where you exist as this virtual being on a meta platform. What if we live in a virtual reality and we're just really not here and uh, we're, we're... the figment of somebody's computer imagination. (laughs) Right? A simulation. Well, I believe 
that in a sense, we are living in a virtual reality, that we are holographic fractals of our source self, or we could even say our eternal soul, who is projecting mental, projecting mentally holographic fractals of itself into different timelines and dimensions. And so I do believe we have a source self behind the scenes that may be, uh, for our reference, wearing some type of virtual reality headsets and witnessing these mm, incarnations that its avatars are living, these avatars having been dispersed into different timelines and dimensions. And so from that sense, we are then living in a virtual reality game that's being played by our eternal soul, right? But the difference is, is that we are sourced by our eternal being, we are so- who is sourced by the divine. You see, and so there's this flow of divine consciousness into our eternal soul and into the, our avatars. And so, uh, you know, there's a distinction, I feel, between mm, natural (laughs) divine intelligence and artificial digital intelligence. Does that make sense? It does. We're with Suzanne Ross. Her websites are linked up at coasttocoastam.com. What does ascension mean to you, Suzanne? Ascension to me means an ascension of consciousness. And so we are raising our consciousness and expanding our consciousness to attain a higher perspective. And that higher perspective then is focused on the highest good for all. And do you believe ascension is necessary? I think it's a natural progression of ourselves as evolutionary beings and when we dedicate ourselves to living our lives intentionally and consciously focused on our evolutionary progress that ascension is the natural result our friend william henry whom you know talks a lot about ascension as well and uh, he's a proponent of it Absolutely. And so you see, this is attaining superhuman status without having to have a biochip implant to attain superhumanness, right? This idea of the transhuman. And it's so fascinating, that term, because it could mean the transcendent human attaining superhuman abilities through expanding our consciousness right, and even accessing multidimensional aspects of ourselves, or this transhumanism that is the result of technology. Is there a middle ground between technology and spirituality? That's what we're seeking, right, because we're not going to throw out technology. We use technology every day, Uh, but like the Amish who discern in which way they're going to use technology, and that's always determined by what serves the highest good for the community. 
<laughs> right? If we can start to see it from that perspective, is the technology we're using serving the highest good for all? And if not, then we can make a choice not to use that. Some people who get into this mode, the mode that you've talked about with your books, Wake Up, Rise Up, uh, Lighten Up, which uplift the human spirit and the soul. What if somebody can't do that? What happens to them? There's no reason why someone couldn't do it. I can't imagine a situation in which a person was unable to meditate and experience mm-hmm. as such even just stillness, even just moving into a state of um, peace, inner peace. Or bliss, as we would call it. Right? And so, you know, you start there with just five minutes of sitting in meditation and just, you know, removing yourself from the doingness and the busyness and moving into beingness and stillness. And then the more that you practice that and taking walks out in nature and, you know, just intentionally dedicating yourself to the spiritual path, naturally you'll start to experience higher states of conscious awareness. So they may be able to do it. What if they're unwilling to do it? And who would be unwilling? What kind of a person would not want to do it? That's such a great question, George, because here comes the technology, right? Yep. And so if you don't want to take the time to dedicate yourself to the spiritual path, which does take, you know, a dedicated time and effort, well, then you can just turn to technology as your God. And that's what's happening, right? Technology is the source of all knowledge and wisdom. And so it's starting to be seen as godlike, and now if we insert an implant that accesses the internet automatically, right, then why do we need to tap into the divine source or seek greater knowledge and wisdom through spirituality when we can simply, you know, have a chip implanted and have access to unlimited source of information, not necessarily wisdom or knowledge, Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at 1 a.m. Eastern and go to coasttocoastam.com for more.